0: River Church this evening. We're going to continue a series that we've started in. Call, uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, but at least it's more than you can ask or think. And we're looking at it for the third time. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, the love chapter of Ephesians. And uh, in, in uh, verse 19, he says, to know the love of Christ. That's the reason for all that's going on which passes knowledge that ye might be filled. So you got to know some things about the love of Christ so you can be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he said in verse 20, now unto him, it's almost like he's breaking subjects here, but he's not. He's saying because you would be filled with the fullness of God, that unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And then he said, according to the power that worketh in us, so powerful that we're not just waiting on a miracle out of heaven. The the miracle, the supernatural is in us. Uh, I looked at the Ben Campbell Johnson version. I hadn't been in there in a long time. It says, now to God who can do by the power that exists in us, now to God who can do by the power that exists in us greater things than we are able even to imagine or request to him be the fulfillment he intended through Christ Jesus now and always. Let me read the first part again. Now to God who can do by the power that exists in us. So it's like a, a two way switch. You turn on this switch, then you can turn on that one. Greater things than we are able to even to imagine or request. So we're pretty powerful. We're pretty important. We're, we're the key. Well, you know, God did it all. I can't take any credit. Well, you ought to have seen God before he had anybody that would do anything. It's, uh, he needs us. We are fellow workers with him. Of course, we're empty vessels. We're just, we're just, a, we're, we're just a tuna can. If without him, there's nothing there. So I, I wanted to pick up where we talked about last Wednesday uh, about increase. Increase is not the only thing that adds to your life. You have to have increase. But we talked about limitations, closing the back door and having the, the flow of God come in, but then having the flow go out. Kind of like someone that, that ties or gives and then he's got a hole in his pocket and he can't, he can't hold on to it. So uh, we ministered on challenging every limitation that takes away from your life. So I want to just visit, just for a moment, the billionaires. We talked about that a lot. And by the way, I looked it up again, and I was right. Uh, Elon Musk does live in a $50,000 house. He rents it from SpaceX. He's just, he wants simple. He just wants simple. And I think he sold some pretty hot shot houses before that. But uh, wh- what we looked at is the top 10 billionaires in the United States from 21 to 20 to 21, and how they collectively, the 10 of them, had added $731 billion to their portfolio. So $73 billion each. So that works out to what? $6 billion a month. Uh, And it works out to $1,260 per second per billionaire. So I calculated that out on my little calculator and every eight seconds, these 10 guys or ladies, whatever it is, every eight seconds, they add $10,000 a piece times 10. Every second, the 10 of them accumulate $100,000 every second. So every minute you got $600,000 added every minute. So the point is, that is exceeding abundantly above what we could even think. We we can't go there. We have to break it down to the second to get it in the thousand realm, to just get it into uh, $10,000 every eight seconds. So if that's something that's accomplished on the planet, how much more is he the creator able to do it, 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 this. this isn't out of his league. He's just looking down there and seeing everybody uh, mess around. So the point being, and we're going to just brush up on this, is these people, these 10 billionaires or anyone like them, don't think about the same things that most people think about. And that therein is the point. What do they think about? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it's not so-and-so was mean to me when I was growing up or, you know, I, I, I had to go home because my daddy died and I didn't get to go to school. I just got through the fifth grade. All these stories, these, these uh, poor old me stories, none of them matter because it's how you think that matters. And then we have Dr., uh, uh, the, the pediatric brain surgeon. What was his name? Ben Carson. Ben Carson, just raised in abject poverty but his mother made the difference, made him think right. So what do these 10 people think about? Well, they think about things that are different than us because they're rich, they would say, because that's the measurable commodity that differs them from us, because they, you know, they all have ears, they all have 10 toes. The whole thing is the same. The only difference that we can say is measurable is their money. But that's not it at all, that's just how they think, how it comes out. What it looks like when you apply however however they think, this is what it looks like at the end. So if we want to look like that at the end, we would have to go back and find out how they think. Not necessarily get another degree, not necessarily whatever that people do. You have to find out how they think. And we've discovered that how they think is not thinking about abundance, thinking about how can I get uh, $10,000 per second and have $100,000 every eight seconds? How can I get that? They never think that. That system's already in work, but how they think is in limitations. And so we talked about that sign that we saw that they have a problem for every solution. And not only is that something that we discovered, it's the prevalent way of thinking. It, it dominates most people's thinking. They have a problem for every solution. So the Lord is faithful. We ask prayers. We speak the word. We confess the scriptures. We, we get in alignment with God. And he does what he says he'll do. But we have a problem for every solution or we have a curse or a negative for every blessing. I want to say. And it's not conscience. It's not like I'm not having that money come or I'm not having that blessing come. But we have so much power according to the power that worketh in us. We have so much power. We are the buck stops here. We are the final door. If it doesn't go through us, it doesn't go. And so if we stop it, it is stopped. It's not like God said, this is really great. Well, I really need this. We need to do this. No, I don't want to. I I don't, I just don't think we can. I don't think we should. And so it stops. And so these billionaires and others like them have dealt with the limitations to abundance. They may be sorry parents. They may not can drive a car. They may be alcoholics. You know, they may have all sorts of other troubles and undoubtedly they would, but they've learned how to limit the limitations or cut off the limitations To abundance. So I went back to John 10.10. I have come that you might have life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So to every abundance, to you and me, everything that's poured out, everything that God blesses us with, when we bring our offering, we plant it, we give it to the poor. We're planting offerings everywhere all the time. So It's impossible that there's not a harvest attached to our seed. It's impossible. But if we somehow subvert it and divert it to another track or another place, then we never see it. And then we would be tempted to accuse subtly the Lord of not doing his end when in fact it was sent and it was sent to bless. So for every abundance that that God pours out, every blessing, there's a steal, kill, and destroy attached to it. They have a problem for every solution. Well, the, the devil has a curse or has a steal, kill, and destroy for every I've come that you might have life. So we see it in the scripture there that the devil he he can't stop what we do that produces the blessings and abundance. So he just deviates it or diverts it, excuse me, and uh, and makes it go another way. So I wrote down, getting means nothing if it doesn't stay. If you never saw it, it doesn't matter what came. So these billionaires have a multiplier or an exponential, however however that would be best said. For every limitation, they've not only conquered the limitation, they've neutralized the steal, kill, and destroy they have figured out how to make what God has poured out as I've come that you might have life the blessing of seed time and harvest. They're working it. the work. These billionaires are working seed time and harvest without even maybe knowing that it's in the Bible. It, you don't have to have knowledge about it to, to work it. And so uh, they've gone from. And th- this is my point right here. They've gone from strategy and reason which is what subverts almost all of our boldness, our engagement, is we figure out we can't do it. That's not a good strategy. Look at the risk. Look at the potential problems. Look at the, the, uh, the, the stuff that we might get involved in. I, we don't want to get involved in that. So uh, reason and strategy has been our way of operation in the world. And I say our, I don't mean yours, I'm talking about people and Christians at that. And these people have switched over to something that I, I believe is the most powerful thing in the kingdom right now. I've tapped into it and I'm, I'm fixing to run with it. But the word is re- revelation. They're living in a realm of revelation. And think about what revelation is. Revelation is, is not taught. You can't be taught revelation. Somebody will say, let me tell you my revelation. Well, they can tell you all about it and, and describe it and, and, uh, and, dis- and go through the details of it. But until you catch it, you don't catch it. How many times have we tried to get someone born again and we have a revelation of the new birth? We have the, the being baptized in the Holy Ghost. We we absolutely know it up and down, in and out. But until they see it, they're locked down. Y'all know these people? It's like, why isn't our revelation and our success and our uh, winning a testimony to them? Because they've got scales on their eyes. They don't see it. And they operate from a reason or strategy side, which means what's the payoff and what's the risk and what's the investment? And you go, that's that's kind of weak or small or whatever. It absolutely dominates our culture. It absolutely is the the answer. Why would these 10 billionaires and the... How many did we say there was? 21 or 2,200 of them now in the world, billionaires? And just a few years ago, there was just 247 in the late 90s. Uh, Did people get smarter? No, but people did get smarter, but not in the way of intellect, but in the way of revelation. They started looking at it different. The Amplified Version... (laughs) the multiple choice version. Now to him who, we looked at this, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, by consequence, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work, his power working in us has a consequence. His power allowed or given reign in us to be what it is and do what it is has a consequence it's not inconsequential it says is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers desires thoughts or dreams i mean the amplified took the the superfluous of god's word and just when another mile, it's amazing. But the point is, Revelation will take you where reason dares not even know about. So one thought of Revelation, one thought of getting born again changed our lives so dramatically. And then uh, we were talking earlier about uh, how close it was that I did not get the Holy Ghost. I was practically middle age. I was 28 years old. <laughs> I was in the prime of life. And, uh, and everybody around was saying, it's passed away, it's of the devil. And there was a big skirmish in the First Baptist Church that I was in. And they'd already kicked out one member and his wife because they, uh, they were contrary to good doctrine. And they told one of the deacons told my mother-in-law, Michael Billings is next. Yeah, so, you know, all our folks went to church there and they, they didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. So we just slipped out the door and went to another church and just saved everybody this. So we said this last Wednesday week, operations protocol from command center. The operations protocol. What, what is the order of doing business In the kingdom, how does the kingdom operate? Do they look at it and say, "Let's let's measure the risk and measure the benefits, and and see if we have the personnel and what's our skill level, and uh, what's our environment and time frame, what's the atmosphere here?" No, they don't do that. They just say, "We need a miracle. We're going to move through somebody down there on the earth, with with what's in them, give them a revelation. They'll act on it according to the power that." God said, I put in them, and it'll be super abundant above what they could ever think of. In other words, it's the mind of Christ. And so we talked about how uh, we already experience that if, if someone's not born again, if they're a sinner, how we're already operating in a realm way out there from them. Although we take it for granted that, well, yeah, anybody could get born again. You don't have to climb every mountain or anything, but until they see it they di- they don't it's it's as far as a gazillion miles away until they until you and I and until they see it same thing with the holy ghost same thing with healing there's a lot of reasons why people don't get healed many of them are i just i just live like a slug and i deserve this why would god heal somebody like me that ate this and did that and drank this and didn't drink, you know, all that. And so they just say, I I don't, I'm not qualified. He needs to, he needs to heal some healthy person. (laughs) And it's like, that's stupid. Yeah, but that's what uh, reason and strategy gives us. Whereas revelation just says, bless God, I'm the one that needs it more than anybody. Hallelujah. And so there's orbits or levels of life. These billionaires are just the secular evidence of this very principle where they've taken an orbit or a level in life and they've built on it. They didn't go straight from living in a in a in a tent to a gazillionaire. There was levels of revelation. So revelation will feed itself once you get something like the Holy Ghost or healed. It wants to do it again. It wants to come back and and build on that revelation. How many times have we got something good and we go, well, I didn't even do that. Next time this happens, I know what to do that's even better than what I did before. Revelation just keeps flowing to someone that's tapped into it. And we have tapped into it. So we said right at the end of the session last Wednesday, what was the key to walking in revelation? Revelation. What is the key? We need it. We need. It. We're so desperate for it. What is the key to to getting out of rationale and strategy, contemplative, digesting, and coming to a, a, a democratic decision? There's six of us, or five, seven of us. How do y'all vote? Well, we vote three, and it's you vote four. So we're going to do it this way. Well, there's no revelation there. Is that right? We're just taking the chance. We're just saying maybe four is better than three, but maybe it's not. So the key is, do you want it? Revelation is fueled by pursuit. That's what does it. It's not smart. It's not past record. It's not uh, promising God, if you'll give me this, I'll, I'll serve you with that and I'll pay off this and I'll go. You know, if you'll just do this for me doesn't move him a bit. doesn't move him a bit. He's not moved by that. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to offer to, to negotiate revelation. If you want it, you can have it, no matter how sorry the rest of your life is. And if you don't want it, it cannot land on you, no matter how you dance around. Just got to want it. And that's how you got born again. One day you opened up a little portal. I remember our granny Hixie, She had the Holy Ghost and she was she was more Baptist than we were. And she kept salting us. You know, uh, Dr. Cole says you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can salt his oats. So she would she would get. Get us little books that were kind of, you know, laying them around and maybe we would find one. We were totally uninterested. We were like crazy Granny Hixie, And she she was a wild woman. But. Uh, one day. It stuck one day we said. OK, I, I, there's no rationale. There's no nothing. No event It's just one day the door opened, and we said, yeah, we'll. We'll take a dab of that, whatever you've got. Real uneducated, real, you know, all the books she left around, we didn't study any of them. But the fact that she was trying to get us to made us interested, you know, even getting rid of the books and making an excuse for not reading them and stuff like that. It made you think about it. And so we went back to the back bedroom and uh, they just said they said, be be filled. And uh, we were kneeling over or kneeling on the bed there and, and uh, it turned into a wild little thing. It was, it was amazing. But after that, I couldn't be stopped. After that, we started a Bible study in our home and all of our friends from First Church were coming to get that. And we didn't know anything. I mean, we didn't know anything, but we had revelation. What we got you can have. We don't know what we got, but whatever it is, you can have it too. Cause we didn't know what it was and we got it and you can have it too. And everybody's like, that's good enough for me. And they did it. And that's what we need about healing. That's what we need about finances. We don't, we talk about the the structure of it. And then there is a structure to uh, giving and to receiving, but that's just stirring the pot or stirring the, the kingdom So something will jump out into your heart and say, I see it. I see it. Abundantly above all you can ask or think. All sufficiency in all things, abounding to every good work. One day that scripture that's been said and heard and thought about and everything, one day it'll just go off and you'll go, I got it. It's caught. It's not taught. So I I looked it up, verse 20, in the Passion. Never come to the pulpit without the Passion version sticking out somewhere. They're going to say, this boy don't know much. Uh, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Well, why is that? Because revelation isn't based on knowledge. So everything that you and I could request is based on a rationale, based on a strategy, based on a, a step program. I'm here and I need to take a step there. Revelation just blows all that out and just and, and all of a sudden you see it. You didn't figure it out, but you see it. And it just is more than you would have ever asked because now you're asking by revelation. You see How how You see the abundance of heaven. You see the love of God for you. God loves me right now, full strength. And this is no big deal. You see it. And that's what we have to have. Uh, Then your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination, he will outdo them all. Well, that's got to be by revelation because you and I in our minds, we cannot get our head around that. I mean, we'll attempt and say, you know, well, okay, I could get promoted here and I could someone, you know, grandpa could pay off my house or, you know, you can work a little bit. But we can't get that wildest dream and beyond your imagination stuff going. It has to be completely by revelation. We have to we have to see it. And every let me just let me just put this out. Every good thing you've ever gotten in your life came after you got revelation, you're getting married when you find the girl, when you find the guy. I mean, if you figure it out, if you just say, well, he makes this much and he, his daddy does this. And everything," and You figure that out. You're 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 going down to the boneyard. But once you get it by revelation, it's like it doesn't really matter. What she's got and what she does and where she's been, it doesn't matter. Revelation just says, got it moving to a city, joining a church, you got to have revelation. You'll join the wrong church because they got a children's program. Oh, we got to go. We got little kids. We got to get in the church, you know. No matter what they're teaching in children's program, we we got to get there. That's good thinking, but it's wrong thinking. It might be that you that's the church, but it wouldn't be because of revelation. You got to hear it, you got to see it. And it's not like it's a great big cloud that comes in and booms around and lightnings. You know, and you're knower. You just know. Well, why? She'll ask you, why? Why? I just know. Don't mess with me. I know. <laughs> Sometimes you just know. And that's what you go with. So the evidence. Uh, I'm just going to read these scriptures to you because we're about done. But I want to read scriptures that we've always read, but we weren't attaching revelation to them. And how close revelation is to you and me to be dominated, to be accessed, to be facilitated. It's right here. We shouldn't take another thought about figuring it out. A matter of fact, we should go to our prayer closet and not figure it out. Well, Lord, I know you know this. And Johnny said he'd give me that if I would go over there and plow his field. And you know, you know, we should never go there. We should just go in there. Not knowing anything because it's going to be beyond what you can ask or think anyway. And you're going to ask and you're going to think too little. You're just going to think of well, a dab more would be good. I mean, I don't deserve it, Lord. But, you know, if you could throw in this and everything, if that's, not, uh, that's not above your greatest imagination and your wildest dreams. So 1 Corinthians 2.16, guess what it says? We have the mind of Christ. Well, that's different. That scripture's been there all along. I look and it's been in old Bibles that I had. It's like uh, that's not a newbie. And this is the uh, Amplified. It says, we have the mind of Christ and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Oh, his heart. His heart is the exceeding abundantly above what I could ask or think. So it's like they do a a, a blood transfusion from this man over to this man. They just put them next to the table and then just start pumping out of one into the other. It's kind of like we get a pump into the thoughts, the feelings and the purposes of his heart. And it's like, God, I would have never thought of that. He said, yeah, but I did. And I'm going to show you how to do it. Uh, Matthew 16, 16 says, thou art. The Christ. Uh, Jesus is asking the guys like, who do they say that I am? And uh, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And y'all remember this. And Jesus answered him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, your little punkin' head, has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. There was no rationale. There was no connection. There was no point of reason to go there. He got it by revelation. 1 Corinthians 4.1. And this is where we've been for the last few years. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards, listen, listen, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Oh, a steward is somebody that's been left in charge of something. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a trip and I've got John coming over to look at the house. He's the steward over my stuff while I'm gone. He said, uh, he said let, let a man sow account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. The word mysteries there, I looked it up, and it's, it talks about a mouth that is shut. That's the root of the word, a shut mouth, that you don't say mysteries. You get mysteries, you know mysteries, but you don't talk about them. They're secret. They're hidden. They're mysteries. God's got some mysteries for us that the devil that our own mind, our own mind, our own intellect has never discovered. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. Now, this is a mocking scripture. I mean, a comparative. I won't say mocking, but a comparative where he said uh, it's about, it's in the love chapter. And he's saying about the, the the royalty of love and he compares it. He said, well... <laughs> If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, have not love, I am nothing. Well, so love's the main thing. But he did say in there and understand all mysteries. None of these were bad things. The gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries, knowledge, have all faith. He just said there's one that's greater than all of them, but we need to understand all mysteries. We don't throw out that because we're after love. We need it too. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, look, look, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit, in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. So that's what we do. We 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 don't sit here and say, well, now here's a pr- prayer board, and, uh, uh, and John's aunt Nelda is in the hospital, and we got to pray for that, and we got to pray for this. We we just skip all that. Not saying it's wrong, and certainly if you don't know have anything else, it's right. But we just skip that, and we we're going to pray out the mysteries. Let me read it again. In the spirit, howbeit in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. So. Th- God is a spirit. He is not a God of mind in him. He's got a soul, but it's that's not how he communicates to us. He's spirit and he ministers to us by the spirit. That's why so much of what people pray and and guess, it comes out of their head. And God's not there. Now, all of our senses are fed into the head and. it makes a decision on that, but praying in the Holy Ghost and, the word, and, and taking in the Word of God comes into our spirit and informs us of what's going on. We know what's going on in the spirit. When it says we have the mind of Christ, this is where it is. It's not in our pumpkin head. It's down here. And we have the mind of Christ. And so we know things and we have no basis for knowing them. There, we can't explain it or say... Well, I I know that because I figured this out. No, you didn't figure out anything. It's revelation. It's a mystery that's been revealed, and so you just know. And that, my my family, is where we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to be intellectually or or educationally or or uh, uh, um, all those things that people are to figure stuff out—an engineer or whatever. We're supposed to be spiritual. Uh, First Corinthians fourteen two that same verse in the Amplified. Okay, are y'all buckled in? For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands or catches his meaning, because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. Revelation. Revelation. You don't even if you've ever if you've ever been involved in uh, uh, the gifts of the spirit where you interpret a tongue with the interpretation of tongues or if you just stand up and prophesy, people will come to you and say, what does that mean? It's like, what does what mean? What you just said. I don't know. Why? Because it didn't come out of my head. If you know you're suspect. But you can sit there and try to figure it out like anybody else. But, but it's down here that we, we learn that. And then the last thing uh, is that same scripture in the Wiest, which is absolutely the Amplified on steroids. He utters with his human spirit, as energized by the Holy Spirit, divine revelations not explained. Divine revelations. Divine revelations. Now, family, we're fixing to take off. Because we're going to, now we have a sense of the mechanics of what we've already been doing. You know, we pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. I hope you do. I hope you're like Paul, who said, I pray in tongues more than y'all. He was kind of throwing a gauntlet out there, like, but you can do better. <laughs> you can do better. And so what we do on Wednesday, I don't know how much we get done. We do have a corporate uh, uh, endeavor where we're all in one accord for for one or two minutes where we all pray in the Holy Ghost in one accord. And I believe that's significant. I believe I I don't believe you can have a whole service and say that was better than preaching. I don't that. But but. But it puts a it puts a thing in each one of us that when we leave on Wednesday night, we're sparked on Thursday and Friday and Saturday to go down the road and say, yeah, I I did that Wednesday. This is not it's not foreign. It's not a long ways off. Did it Wednesday. I'll do it now. So we're going to keep this stirred up at River Church. Uh, We had one gentleman that, uh, that came in and stayed a while, but then on Wednesday, but he he confessed that that, that's what bothered him was that that tongue business. Well, he's Pentecostal. (laughs) Or whatever. So so there is a cost to everything you and I do spiritual. There's a cost to the carnal. I'm not saying this man's carnal. I'm just saying, well, whatever. I'm just saying, we got to not mind that. We got to press in to the spiritual. I have the mind of Christ. When's the last time the mind of Christ had a good meal? Well, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost and stir him up. Isn't that good? Yeah. Ah, this is good. This, we've been, it's not like now we've got to pray in the Holy Ghost. We've been doing it. Y'all have been doing it. I do it all the time. Uh, but now we know what we're fishing for. We know what, what we're pulling up. And we know also that when we get something to not just say, ah, oh, why would I think that? Because it's exceeding abundantly above what I could ever think of. Oh, that might be Holy Ghost, because that's according to the power that works in me. Let's run with it. Let's go home and see if Joey got something. Let's go home and see if if uh, Barry got something. You know, let's go home and, and round this up and see if the revelation came and sprinkled down over both of you. And if you might not do that if you thought... This is crazy. Nobody thinks like that. But if you go home and share it and you go, you know, I got that very thing. Whoa. Two is better than one. Now now we're fixing to get on this horse and ride. Amen. I'm telling you, it's good where we're going. It's good where we're going. Amen. Amen.